Amen. Amen. Blessings, everyone. Amen. I am your host. Amen. Reverend Alicia Pitts, finally known as Pastor Pitts. I am filling in for Pastor Dwight Young. Amen. And it is a privilege as well as an honor, amen, to be in his stead. Amen. There is a word from the Lord. Amen. And the topic for today is elevate your faith. Elevate your faith. Amen. We are living in a time that you need faith today. Amen. Amen. To make make it. it. You need need faith faith today today to make it. it. Amen. Amen. So I'm I'm going to open up with a prayer. prayer. Amen. Amen. And then we're going to get get right right into into the message. message. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Father, for just allowing us to come together one more time just to lift up your name, Father God. Lord, we ask you, God, that you would have your way in this service, Lord, that you would do as you see fit to do, Father God. Lord, we ask you, God, to open up our hearts, open up our minds to receive what your spirit has to say to us on today, Father God. We ask you, God, that those that are on their way, God, that you would give them traveling mercy, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, God, that you would anoint me afresh, God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For, Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. Let everyone here say amen. 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 So we're going to get right into the word. Amen. I am going to be coming from uh, St. Mark. Chapter 11, and I will be reading from verses 22 to 25. We are talking about elevate your faith. Amen. And I like reading from the New Living Translation version. Amen. Because it, it I, I just love the way that that version um, breaks, breaks it down. Amen. Verse 22 says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. This is the main key thing that we're going to be looking at. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. Some of us are in barren states because we don't have faith. Amen. The word barren means that you can't produce. There's no, there's no fruit. Amen. And So we have to check our faith life. Amen. So if we are not growing, then we got to do some inspection. And uh, I want to put this uh, right here. Before Jesus was talking about this, Jesus had just cursed the fig tree. He had just cursed the fig tree. And so the next day, the disciples see uh, where this fig tree had withered. Now, the reason why Jesus cursed the fig tree, uh, the scripture lets us know that Jesus was hungry. And when he saw this fig tree, it appeared that it had fruit on it. The leaves, you know, it had all the indication that there was fruit on this tree. But when he got to the tree, there was no fruit. And so therefore, Jesus cursed the fig tree. And so now we are here at this point where Jesus is telling them to have faith in God. Many people look like they got fruit, right? They look positive. Once you get connected to the individual, you'll find out that they had some bad fruit on their tree. It wasn't any good fruit on the tree. And so verse 22 says, then Jesus said 
to the disciples, have faith in God. In other words, have a firm faith or confidence in the power and faithfulness of God. When we have a firm confidence, right? God is all powerful. He is sovereign, right? So when we have a firm faith or confidence in the power and faithfulness of God. See, God is always faithful. We, we're not faithful, but God is always faithful, even when we are not faithful. Amen. And so we can have that confidence in him that he will do what is necessary concerning us. Amen. Amen. Don't be afraid to talk back to me now. Amen. So it's, so to have a firm faith or confidence in the power and faithfulness of God. Now, this is the key. Having that firm or firm confidence in God to enable us to affect what we believe will be for his glory. See, a lot of times, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, we want God to do things, but it's not for his glory. Huh? Some of us want our own glory. Some of us we, we want to showboat, you know, we, we want to be flashy in front of people. So it's for the wrong reason. But if we have a firm faith or confidence in the power and faithfulness of God to enable us to affect what we believe will be for his glory, not only for his glory, but the furtherance of the work which we are engaged so we can have that confidence that God is going to be faithful in order to get glory unto himself, right? And in order to further the work of the kingdom. See, that's the key. Furthering the work of the kingdom. God, I want you to enable me, huh? So I can do the work. So I can do the work. Somebody say faith of miracles. Faith, faith of miracles. Amen. We have to believe God is still in the miracle working business. He has stopped. He has not stopped working miracles. Amen. And if we look around this room today, everybody here sitting here is a miracle. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So I strongly encourage you to have a steadfast faith, a steadfast faith in the power. Huh? Well, y'all already said God is all powerful. We need to have a steadfast, steadfast faith in the power, the love, and faithfulness of God. We know that God loves us, right? He gave his only begotten son for us that we might live. It's an everlasting love. The love God has for us, there's nothing that we can do that will make God stop loving us. Amen. So there's power. Huh? Not only in the name of Jesus, but power in his love towards us. God will make good and fulfill all promises. The promises that God has given you, the Bible, sa the Bible says his promises are yes and amen. Amen, meaning that it is so. So I don't know what God's promises are to you, but you need to hold fast huh, to what he said. God's word will not fall. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away. But the word of God, it will what? Stand forever. You can take his word to the bank. See, man will fail you. But there is no failure in God. God, it, he will fulfill his promise. And the key is in due season. 
Huh? Not when we we say it all the time. He may not come when we want him to come, but what? He's always on time, right? He's an on-time God. And Ecclesiastes 9.11 says that God makes everything beautiful in his season, in his timing. And one thing I know about God, he does it at the appropriate time. He don't come too soon. And guess what? He's never late, but he's always on time. So somebody say it's due season. Amen. That's the key. Due season. Not when we want it to happen, right? But there is a due season. So let's look at, amen. We're still on having faith in God, right? So faith in God, it is the foundation that we must approach God in prayer. In other words, when we are praying, while we are praying, we have to have faith, right? Why would you pray and not, why pray and not believe that God's going to do what he said he's going to do? Amen. 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 So that is the foundation. What Jesus told the disciple, he said, have faith in God. So we have to approach God in prayer with faith. The Bible says that it is impossible to please God without faith. We can't even please God without it. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when we come to God, we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if we believe that, God is going to reward us based on how we pursue him. That's what seeking is. When um, I'll give you an example. I, I lost my keys. I lost my keys at work. And I mean, I called myself looking for them. Couldn't find them, so one of my coworkers had to end up taking me home, right? I get back to work, the Lord said, look again. But this time, I was on, I, you know, I'm in a cubicle, I was on my hands and knees. Had my light on, turned the light on on my cell phone, and I had to look behind my cubicle, and guess what? My keys had them slipped down in between the cubicle wall and my desk. You know, I'm looking all on the desk. But when you seek for something, if you got to tear the house upside down, you're going to look for it until you find it. And so he said, if you come to him, you got to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you're keeping at it. You're not just seeking him one day and then the next day you're not seeking him, but you're being, you you have due diligence in doing so. Amen. The other thing is we still don't have faith in God. If we ask things that we are authorized by his word to ask, see, we can have whatever we say according to what God says in his word that we can have. The one thing, he said we could have healing, right? That's all in his word. So certain things we have already been authorized to have. And so this is why we got to speak God's word back to him, right? Because he honors his word. He honors his word. And so let's go to, to prove my point, let's go to James. And we're going to go back to Mark. We're going to go to the book of James. And I, I pray I am helping and encouraging someone today. Amen. We are talking about elevating our faith on today 
and to have a strong faith in God. A strong faith in God. So we are going to James chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 2 to 3. And we're still in the New Living Translation. And it says, you want what you don't have. Ain't that like all of us? <laughs> we want a whole lot that we don't possess. It says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. How many people scheme huh, and kill to get stuff that they don't have? Huh? They do manipulation, trying to do underhanded stuff to get something that they don't have. It goes on to say, you are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, I remember when I was a supervisor at a particular job, and because God had placed me in this position, there were people around me that were jealous because I was in the position that I was in. And so what they would what they would do is they would indirectly attack me. And it came to a point that I was I it was so bad that I was dreading going to work. And so what I did was not only did I pray for them, but then I had to humble myself, right? Kick my pride aside and go to them and say, look, if I said anything or done it done anything to offend you, I apologize. But I'm not used to working in no atmosphere like this. And so the individual, she, she said, well, I'm woman enough to say if I did anything or said anything, I apologize, too. But she know what she said was wrong, you know, and everybody knew she was talking about me, even though she was indirectly saying these things. So it says here, you are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. But I will put a plug in here to say this, that whom God bless, no man can curse. So man can't curse you. When God blesses you, man cannot reverse it. The devil can't even reverse it. Amen. Amen. It goes on to say, yet you don't have what you want. Because you don't ask God for it. Some, the Bible says we are to make our requests known unto God. So some of us don't have what, what, what God, uh, uh, some of us don't have it because we have not fixed our mouths to just simply ask God for it. I remember I was at a uh, conference and this woman of God who did not know me from a can of paint. She said, God said, bother him. Now, I'm the type of person, when I pray, I've always prayed for spiritual things. I never uh, 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 prayed for, you know, monetary things and different things of that nature. I would have to be in dire straits, you know what I mean, before I would ask God to deliver me, whether it was out of financial situation or whatever. But the woman of God, she said, God said, bother him. So God wants us to bother him. Amen. It's just like these children here. When they, when, when, when they get old enough to ask their parents for something, right? Number one, they're not going to go in their parents in fear. Why? Because they're looking at mommy and daddy. They are my, what? They are my protectors. They are my provider. So 
I, if, if if I'm going to ask for $120 pairs of sneakers, I'm going to come boldly and ask for it because this is mommy and daddy. And this is how we as children of God must come to God. We don't have to come to him in fear, but we can come boldly and make our requests known unto him. So some of us we don't have because we don't ask. Let's look at verse 3. And it says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And so this is why some of us don't have what we have asked for because the motive is wrong. What is your passion? What is driving you? Why do you want that particular thing from God? And, that, and if it's the wrong motive, guess what? That's why you don't have it. He said some of us don't have it because of wrong motives. Amen. Let's go to 1 John. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Amen. And when you, and when you get a moment, study these scriptures for yourself. Amen. And let God speak to you through these scriptures. Amen. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. See, you can be confident that God hears you when you ask for the thing that pleases him. Amen? Amen. So here it is, is that it is this foundation that we must approach God in prayer. When we approach God in prayer, we can't have wrong motives. We, when we approach God in prayer, be bold in your asking. Because some of us, some of the things that we are asking God for, for it's not a hard thing. God is saying, ask me for a hard thing. Huh? God wants you to challenge him in your asking. Hallelujah. Amen. So in this, this is the foundation that we must approach God in prayer. Fully expecting him to do what he's going to do. You got to fully expect him to do it. I said it before. When you are working on your job, right? When it comes payday, you are expecting to be paid for the work that you've already done. And so this is the same way that we have to come before God. When we are coming in prayer, we ought to come expecting that God is going to regrant. He's going to grant our request. And, and when we expect it, if we ask things that we are authorized by his word to ask. See, that's the key. Is, is asking the thing that we have already been authorized to ask. Then God will grant it to us. So here's the approach. We got to be sincere when we come into God. You know, uh, some of us, we, we, we make things so complicated. We, we try to be so deep. But it is my own experience that it is my most simplistic prayers that was the most powerful. You know, sometimes uh, the Bible says, he says, when you come to God, he said, let your words be few. He said, men think they will be heard because of their much speaking. Sometimes we talk too much in prayer. Huh? But sometimes we just be simple. Cause some, I, I, and I say this in humor, but 
Sometimes I believe God is sitting up there and just saying, would you get to the point already? I know who, you know, I know who I am. Get to the point. What is it that you want? You know, it's like your children. Sometimes they try to butter you up right before they, <laughs> before they ask you something and, and you already know. So, be, be, so sometimes you end up cutting them off, right? And be like, can you, wh what you want? What is it that you want, you know? And I believe God does that with us as well. You know, he's like, can you please just cut to the, just cut to the chase and ask me what you want? So that's number one, being sincere. Being persistent to the point of being annoying. This is how we got to come to God in prayer. I, re I remember my brother as a child. He would bug my mom until he got what he what he wanted. I mean, he would just buck. He, he would just ignore her until he got what he wanted. And so this comes to the scripture about the woman that kept coming before the judge in court. And so the judge ends up eventually, at first he kept sending her away. But it got to a point he said, um, bring this woman to me because she, she annoyed me. Let me let me see what, let me hear what she got to say because she keeps coming before me. And so sometimes we got to bug God. Like I said, we got to bother him. Amen. We have to bother him. So these are the approaches that we come in God in prayer, right? The other thing is continuing our journey in the face of difficulty. Sometimes when we face difficulty, we tend to throw up our hands. We tend to give up. But even in the face of difficulty, we have to continue on our journey. Prime example, the Hebrew boys, right? God knows that was a difficult journey. The king put out a decree. When I blow this horn, everybody is to bow down to and worship this image, right? So the Hebrew boys... They did not do that. And so what happens is <laughs> the king gives them another opportunity. Well, maybe you ain't hear me. <laughs> when you hear the horn, all of these instruments, I need you to bow down. And so the Hebrew voice, they said, oh, king. <laughs> Look, we don't, we don't really uh, uh, need to give you an explanation or why we're not bowing down. And the scripture says that the king's countenance changed. He got mad. Huh? Because now you are you are going up against the pricks now. You're bucking up against me. And so what happens is the king throws the Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. And he turns the Mind you, the furnace was already hot. But he turns it up seven times hotter. So that, number one, that ought to tell you how angry he was. He was upset. I'm going <laughs> to make sure y'all die in these flames. So he turns it up seven times hotter, right? And so after a while, the king is looking. And let me backtrack. The ones that threw them in the fire, right, they died. But as the king is watching this furnace, he says, didn't we throw three in there? I see four men walking around, and the fourth one looks like the son of God. Now, the question is, how did he know? 
what the son of God looked like. But here, through this difficult journey that the Hebrew boys was on, they kept the faith. And so what ends up happening, they end up letting the Hebrew boys out of the fire. And guess what? They did not smell like smoke at all. And what ends up happening, because they stood on what they believed to be true, that the king ended up making another decree, right? And saying that everybody needs to serve huh? the God of the Hebrew boys. Huh? So it is important that we have strong faith in God in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our difficulties. We got to continue on our journey. We can't give up. How is God being glorified as soon as we get tested? We back down. We fall away. God is not getting no glory to himself when we fall away from God. So we continue on our journey in the face of difficulty. We shall receive what we ask when we ask in faith, when we ask in sincerity, when we are persistent in what we are asking God for. Let's look at verse, we're going to go back to Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we're going to look at verse 23. We're talking about elevating our faith this morning and having a strong faith in God. Let's look at verse 23. Now, all of this is red print, so that means Jesus is talking and we need to pay attention to what's being said. So verse 23, Jesus tells the disciples, he said, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, which is, look at the mountain as being whatever the big thing is in your life. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into, into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Or you don't. Amen? So, we need this kind of faith. We need this kind of faith. Mountain moving faith. So we need this kind of faith. The power of faith in God. There's an unlimited power. Somebody say unlimited. Unlimited. Unlimited power of God that works through those who believe. So the question is, do you really believe? That's the question. Believe and do not doubt. You got to believe and do not doubt. We got to ask for the right things. Some of us are asking for the wrong things. We want houses, cars, lands. We want to be rich. But guess what? Everybody is not meant to be rich. Because some of us, if God blessed us, we will forget all about him. Instead of us being in church on Sunday, we will be at the mall. Oh, it's quiet in here now. <laughs> see, God, see, God knows what to bless us with. My prayer is like David prayed. Lord, I don't want to be so poor 
that I got to rob somebody, huh? And I don't want to be so rich that I forget about you. That's my prayer. Huh? So, we got to ask for the right things. I want to tell you this story about a, a, a church that was in Great Smoky Mountains. And they end up building their sanctuary on a piece of land that one of their members donated to them. This sanctuary was so large that the building inspector, uh, he wouldn't give the church a certificate of occupancy because they didn't have enough parking space to accommodate the people. So what ends up happening, um, there was this mountain that was on, on this lot of land. And so the pastor ends up um, approaching the congregation. He had 300 members in his congregation. He ended up approaching the congregation and he asked them, look, let us go into prayer because I believe that God can move this mountain, right? I believe that God can move this mountain for us. Well, out of the 300 members that he approached, only 24 came to prayer. That says a whole lot right there. 300 and only 24 touched and agreed with the pastor. And so the pastor, they prayed for three hours about God moving this mountain on this plot of land. And the pastor said he believed that somehow God would remove the mountain and pave the area in the next seven days. See, what you say Shows how much you really believe. Because he spoke in faith. I believe in the next seven days. God's going to move this mountain. Huh? And pave this area. So what ends up happening the next day. The pastor gets a knock on the door. <laughs> it was a building contractor from another county. And they were getting ready to build a shopping mall. And so they needed some fill dirt in order to level the construction area. So he asked the pastor, could they buy this mountain that was in the back of their sanctuary? <laughs> and, the, and the contractor, he said, if you let us have this mountain immediately, we will pay for paving and striping the new parking lot. And so needless to say, the pastor immediately agreed to it. And guess what? They were able to open up the next Sunday as scheduled. They didn't have to, you know, wait a couple of weeks. They were able to open up the sanctuary the next Sunday. But this is what I want you to see. There were far more members with mountain moving faith that Sunday than it was the previous Amen. Sunday. Amen. Because remember, he had 300 people in his congregation and only 24 showed up to touch and agree with the pastor. Amen. So now that they saw it, right, come 
into fruition, now everybody got faith now. But what does the Bible say? Blessed are they who have believed and what? Have not seen. See, because the Bible says, he said, uh, if you can see it, why do you hope for it? Because whatever you see can be obtained. But the, 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 the strong faith is believing in the thing that you can't see. So in other words, we gotta, what we see is what? Temporary. We got to go into the eternal, the thing that we don't see. Let's look at verse 24. Somebody say, elevate your faith. Elevate your faith. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 24. And this is the last scripture and we're closing. Jesus tells the disciple, he said, I tell you, you can pray for anything. Somebody say anything. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So in other words, when you pray, you got to believe at that moment that you have received the thing that you prayed for. Let's look at verse 25. There's a word there, which is condition. It says, but... But when you are praying, first forgive. <laughs> first forgive anyone, Lottie Dottie and everybody, right? <laughs> but when <laughs> nobody is exempt, right? But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. So that your father in heaven will forgive your sins also. So here it is. Condition. Right? We want people to forgive us, but we don't want to forgive nobody. Think about the our father prayer. Huh? It, it's got forgiveness in there, right? We don't, we don't. Yeah, forgive us. Our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But I don't think we really realize what we're saying, right? Guess what? Debts as we forgive our debtors. But the scripture says, when you stand praying, forgive. So maybe that's the disconnect also why we don't have the thing that we receive. Because somewhere along the line, we're holding a grudge against somebody. And we, we don't want to let it go. And that's why it seems like our prayers ain't reaching beyond this ceiling here. Prayer is effective. And it yields good results when we are living in a realm of obedience. When we are living in a realm of obedient faith in God. Forgiving is a commandment. You, it ain't something that you can pick and choose. It is a biblical mandate. You got to do it. Huh? You can't choose to do it. You have to do it. As a Christian, as a believer, you must forgive. So prayer is effective and yields good results when we are living in the realm of obedient faith in God. I preached the message before. Faith and works of obedience 
both are needed. The Bible says faith without works is dead being alone. There's no way you say you have faith and there's no works behind it. The work is the manifestation that you really believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. So prayer is effective and yields good results when we are living in the realm of obedient faith in God and dependence upon his will. So, in other words, his will should be above our own will. Jesus, even in the garden, Jesus said, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass. Huh? But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So, we got to put our will, we got to put God's will above our own will. And the reason when we can really do that is I love God so much. Huh? That I want to put his will above my own. Because guess what? His will is perfect. His will is good. Prayer is effective. And yields good results when we are living in the realm of obedient faith in God. And dependence on his will. Dependent on God. Not dependent on your job. Not depending on your ace boom coon, your best friend, huh? Not depending on what you have, but total dependence on God. Because guess what? If I lose that job, I'm still in God's face saying, Lord, I need you to make a way. Huh? He gives us the job. He gives that to us. But we have to know that he is the ultimate source. Huh? Same thing. If we don't have good health, guess what? We can't work a job if we don't have good health. So at the end of the day, we still have to depend on God. God will supply us with all we need to keep doing his will. So the question is, are you doing his will? Because as long as you're doing his will, he will supply all your need. According to his riches in glory. Huh? He said, but first seek ye. Hear that word? Seek again. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all these things will be what? Added unto us. The kingdom of God is just simply doing it God's way. That's what the kingdom is. You got a whole lot of people around here talking about, oh, we doing kingdom building. No, you've got your own agenda. Kingdom building is doing it God's way. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God will supply us with all we need to keep doing his will and glorifying him. The scripture says God will not give his glory to another. But you got a whole lot of people getting glory to themselves. When Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. See, I don't know about you. I don't want people looking at me because I ain't God. Huh? I'm prone to fail. Huh? But I need you to look unto him who is what? He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Huh? He going to start it and he going to end it. So he will supply us with all we need to keep doing his will and glorifying him. When we think, live, Pray 
day by faith in God, we will not wither away like that fig tree. Mm. See, some of us, I, I said earlier about us being barren. We ain't bearing fruit because there's no faith. Now, keep in mind, the disciples, they witnessed all different types of miracles. And there was one point in scripture Jesus said to them, how is it <laughs> that you have no faith? Now, I want y'all to listen to that because the scripture says God has given every man a measure. So they had to lose. <laughs> if they had no faith, they had to lose the measure that was already given to them. When we think, live, pray by faith. So in other words, this is a lifestyle. You ain't picking this up and putting it down. When the, when the word talks about walking, walking in faith, we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Walking, it is a way of life. It's a conduct. You, you're not believing God one day and the next day you don't believe him. Because the Bible says a double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his ways. And it goes on to say, don't think that he will receive anything from the Lord when you wish you wash it. You don't know whether you want to believe God today or not. Absolutely. So we will, we will grow and produce the fruit of faith to the glory of God. We will grow and produce. Oh, I ain't going to never be nothing. Well, guess what? You ain't going to be nothing because you spoke it out of your own mouth. I said before, a lot of times we put Faith to negative words. We put faith to negative words. Oh, uh, somebody, somebody gets stricken with an ailment, right? In the family. And the first thing some of us will say, well, so-and-so got it. I guess I'm going to get it too. So we put, we put faith to negative things. We put faith to negative things. I have an acronym. The acronym is WOW, which means watch our words. Because your words carry power. Don't the Bible say life and death is what? In the power of the tongue. And so what happens a lot of times, we defeat our own selves by what we speak. Start, start saying what God says about you. Huh? I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Huh? I'm more than. So when we think, live, pray by faith in God, we will not wither away like the barren fig tree. We will grow and produce the fruit of faith to the glory of God. The Bible says that men may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Why? They know where you come from. So when you are walking in faith, they looking at you like, I know God got to be doing something in them because I remember when. Huh? So they see your good works, but they are glorifying the Father, which is in heaven. And I'm going to close with this. Many times we think we know what God wants. Huh? We all have... <laughs> We all thought at one point in time we heard God, didn't we? 
But then the end result of it was, well, I guess I, I missed that one. Huh? Because again, we're human. We are prone to error. Many times we think we know what God wants. But we are wrong or it's not God's time. We either missed it or it's just not the timing of God. Yet, for our desires to be granted. Many times we think we know what God wants, but we are wrong or it's not God's time yet for our desires to be granted. God wants to fulfill and he will fulfill his promises concerning us, but a lot of the promises are based on condition. If you do this, then he will do that. Remember he told the children of Israel, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. See, we want God to we want God to uh uh fulfill his part, but we don't want to do our part. And a lot of times we are trying to bargain with God and we're not giving God nothing to work with. We're not giving we're not bringing nothing to the table for God to work with. Many times we think we know what God wants, but we are wrong or it's not God's time yet for our desires to be granted. This is why, again, I want God's desires to be my desires. Because if my desires are his desires, when I pray, when I ask, huh, according to his will, then it'll be granted to me. Because a lot of desires that we have, I always say a good ideal is not always uh, is not always a God ideal. A good ideal is not always a God ideal. And so if I ask God, Lord, make your desires my desires, then whatever desires that I have on the inside, I know they'll already be lined up with God. Remember, I said earlier, if our desires are lined up with God and we ask, his desire, guess what? He's going to grant it unto us because it's his will and not our own. So our part is to trust God. Didn't the Bible say lean not to your own understanding? But what? In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. See, a lot of times we're going about doing things, but we're not acknowledging God. We, we start something and then we say God jump in this and fix it. And work it out. But had we acknowledged him and asked him, God, what is, it, what is it that you would have me to do on today? What is it? Where would you have me to go on today? We would have saved ourselves a whole lot of heartache. Huh? We would have saved ourselves a whole lot of time if we just would acknowledge him. He said in everything. So that means nothing is too small. I said it before. You know, us as women, we love pocketbooks, we love shoes, right? But sometimes we need to acknowledge God before we buy that purse or that, that them pair of shoes because guess what? God sees things before we know them. And if we buy that, that coach, right, or them red bottoms, and then later on in the week, we may need our vehicle fixed. Guess what? Now we can't even fix the vehicle because we done bought the purse or the shoes. Huh? But had we acknowledged God, huh? Then he would have direct our path and said, 
I don't think you need that purse right now. Don't buy it. Don't buy them red bottoms. So our part is to trust God completely in our waiting. Trust him completely. Yes. Huh? In our waiting. How are you waiting? Are you complaining? Huh? Are you griping? Are you, as we looked at the scripture earlier, looking at somebody else being jealous because God is moving in on, on their behalf? How are you waiting? Our part is to trust God completely in our waiting. Remember I said faith and works of obedience both are needed. And guess what? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Not moving when God tells you to move. Huh? That's delayed. Our part is to trust God completely in our waiting. God will give us what's best for us in response to our prayers. Do you trust God enough to do what's best for you? Huh? Remember, we are children. He always addressed us as children. Just like these babies here. They are trusting that their parents are going to do what is best for them. Huh? They're not questioning it. The Bible says, God, he is a good father. He knows how to give good gifts to his children. When we ask for bread, he ain't giving us a rock to eat on. Huh? He knows how to give good gifts unto us. But we have to learn how to have strong faith in God. So we can have a strong finish. Huh? It's not predicated on our ability. But we got to depend on God and have a strong faith in him. Amen. God has really been dealing with elevating faith. Amen. We want more, but our faith is very little. Huh? But if you speak in faith to that big thing, the mountain, be thou removed, huh? Cast in the sea and do not doubt in your heart. The Bible says it will do it. I'm finished. Have faith in God. Have strong faith in God. Amen. I want you to be encouraged on today because God has not forgotten you and your labor of love. Those that have been faithful, God has not forgotten you. Amen. God does everything in his timing. I'll share with you um, and we're going to close. Amen. I had a dry season, real dry. To the point that I was asking God, God, am I done? Of course, my mother says, no, you got too much in you. you are, you're not done yet. But the season that I'm in right now, God has took, he has took the hinges off the door. Huh? But this is what I had to do. Remember, I said faith and works of obedience both are needed. Daniel said, when I turned my heart to understand, mm, yes. the Lord heard me. In other words, when I got in position, mm -hmm. huh? Got in the perfect divine will, got out of my permissive will, huh? Got in the perfect divine will of God, things began to start lining up. 
So I, I say to you, let every man examine his own self. Huh? You examine yourself and find out where you are. I'll share another example because I'm trying to encourage you, encourage you to elevate your faith. For seven years, I was out of work. Seven years of bad luck. <laughs> and it got to the point I was at the end of my rope. And I said, God, now I begin to inquire of the Lord. Some of us, we don't want to inquire because we don't want to hear what God has to say. See, that's the problem a lot of times. We are going in prayer, getting off our chest what we want, but we are not sitting waiting to hear what he will say to us. And so through those seven years of me struggling financially, it came to a point I asked God, I said, God, do you got a judgment against me? Lord, whatever is going on, whatever it is I need to fix, God, I need you to show me. And I end up having a dream. And in this dream, to make a long story short, there was an evil spirit in this woman. And we were playing tug of war with my purse. And the spirit in the woman said, don't worry, I can't get in an inanimate object. And I snatched my purse and the woman walked out the door. But what the Lord was showing me, my finances had nothing to do with what Alicia was doing. It was that the enemy had his hands on my finances. And I remember telling my mom the dream, and she said, Alicia, when the devil tell you don't worry, that's when you need to worry. But what the Lord was showing me was that the enemy had his hands on my finances, and he took my mind to the scripture with Daniel. And God said, I heard you the first time you prayed. But what was going on was that Michael was withstood by the prince of the air. Michael, was, Michael the archangel was coming to deliver the message. But he started fighting with the prince of the air, which was the enemy. But God heard him the first time he prayed. But when, and, and the only reason why God heard him because understand he positioned himself then God heard him so I say again let every man examine himself you know whether you are in the will of God or not only you know what God is requiring of you and guess what some of us I remember my former pastor she preached the message and the message was others may but you may not you can't be like everybody else huh God, there are specific things that God is asking from us, and some of us more so than others. For me, I know God ain't going to let me get out here any kind of way. I'm either going to do it his way or no way at all. Huh? So now you got to examine yourself. Are you being sincere? It's the thing that you're asking for. Are you asking for the wrong motives? Huh? Are you in position? Huh? So all of these things you need to be asking. And then some things, God, is, God ain't saying no. He's saying wait. Huh? He's saying wait. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. Be encouraged. Amen. God, I'm telling you, this is the season for us as believers. If you are a believer... This is the season for us because God is going to show himself strong on our behalf. 
This is the season of demonstration. Somebody say demonstration. demonstration. Amen. And I can tell you that with confidence because guess what? I'm living in it right now.